Good evening. If you will, be turning to John chapter 16. We'll give you all an update. Brother Mark made it home from a hospital Sunday evening, and then uh, he's, he's went back to it. And so he'll probably be there till tomorrow. His doctor recommended to go to the ER, and he did, and they've admitted him, and they're trying some different IV medication to give him for the infection that he has. And uh, We'll see what the morning brings. We'll see what the Lord does. Kimberly and I, Lord willing, be leaving out of town tonight. And uh, we'll only be gone for about 44 hours. We'll be back. So, <laughs> Real short vacation. I'd, I'd intended on it being about a week and a half. It's about a day and a half, but I'll take it. It'll be precious. John 16. Er, <clears throat> Tell my messages. Has the Spirit worked? Have you, has, has God, the Holy Ghost, come to you and worked in you? Has he? Oh, well, sure he has. I'm just going to go on and take a nap. Are we that confident and arrogant to a holy God to just be so complacent in things? David had cried out there in Psalm 13, didn't he? It's our Lord speaking. But he said, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? That's low. That's a hard time. And he ends, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. He's been comforted. I spoke to a lady here in this town recently, and she's under a, a, an immense physical trial. She's covered in cancer. She's a very young lady. She has a young family. And she said, the Lord's been so kind to us. This is right. He hasn't dealt with me with my sins, according to my sins. And so he's been gracious to us. And so this is fine. He sent it. Did you hear what I just said? Don't y'all want to claw that door down and go find her? That's a language I know that, that I speak. I know God's people speak, doesn't it? I have a brother in Tennessee that's covering cancer right now, and it breaks my heart to see what the Lord's putting him through. I weep with him. And he says, this is right. God did it. He hasn't dealt with me according to my sins. He's good to us. That's fine. That's somebody that has comfort. That's somebody, the Holy Comforter, the Holy Ghost. That's what God says, isn't it? Holy Ghost has come to them, and they have comfort, and they walk through this world like men and women that believe God. That's what I want to have. Do you want that? Or do we want to sit around and wring our hands all day long and turn ourselves inside out, woe is me, and complain about every little ailment and, and hiccup and sorrow that comes our way? That's called murmuring. I don't want to murmur. I want to praise God. I want to sing to him instead of sitting around with my snake oils and complaining about it. Now, I ask you, has God come to you? Has he sent his holy comforter to you? Has the Holy Spirit come to you? Has he come to me? I think he has. Has he today? That's good. I was talking to a brother the other day about the messages. I sent them out to y'all. Henry preached up in Mission Springs back in 1994. They're wonderful. I take notes. I can learn a lot. from That man had been preaching for almost 50 years when he preached there. If I was a plumber for 50 years, do you think I'd be a good plumber? think I'd be better than the day I started, Mike? you think I would? Of course I would. And I thought, you know what? Could you imagine if we was there when the Spirit was there? Now, we got them we can listen to, but we ain't there right now. That was 25 years ago. Could you imagine, 30 years ago, could you imagine being there when the Spirit was there? What if he's here tonight? Do we expect him to be so? 
or we're just going to take some notes or take a good nap and head on home. I pray God, tonight's the night. I think tonight's the night, honey. I think it every time. Lord's going to work tonight. There's, these carpets, we want to get them dry clean Monday. They're going to be soaking wet. It's got to be today. I think so. John 16, verse 6. Have I experienced the Spirit working in me? It's not what most people think. You know that? I've been, three times I've been out here for three and a half years. Somebody said something about the Spirit. Most people think, you know, it's talking in tongues or a, a powerful feeling or some emotional event or something like that. No. What is it? What is it when the, when the Holy Spirit works and has he worked in me? Here in John 16, verse 6, the Lord told him all the sorrows and went, they're going to kick you out of the synagogue and because I'm going away. It's going to be your turn. And he said in verse 6, But because I've said these things to you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. Hard times are coming. If you're God's person, God's child, it's going to get rough. And he said, Because I've told you this, you're full of sorrow. You're sad. You're sad because of that. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth, verse 7. I'm not going to lie to you. Do you think I'm going to not tell you something because it might hurt your feelings? That's not a friend, is it? I better be brutally honest with you. Our Lord's brutally honest with us, isn't he? As we can handle it. He said, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. We might come back and have a message on that. Uh, in, our, in our vernacular, it's good. It's necessary for us. It's a good thing that he goes away. What that word means is a union. For us to be united with Christ, he must do this because we can't do it. For I go not away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. We need comfort. Why? They're sorrowful. He just said, so you sorrowful? If he comes, we're going to start out getting sorrowful. I can tell you that. That's so. But if I depart, I this is words you can stand on. I will send him unto you. If you're mine and I go to the Father, I'm sending the comforter to you. It's going to happen. If he says it's going to rain Tuesday, I suggest you buy umbrellas, right? He said, I will send the comforter. That's an important word, isn't it? Comforter, I will send the comforter to you. What does it say next, verse 8? And when he has come, he's going to tell us what's going to happen when this comforter comes. He will reprove, that means convict, convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Is that everybody in the world? No, of course it's not. Jew and Gentile. And every tongue, nation, creed under heaven, all throughout the earth and all throughout time, those that are his, he's going to come to them. He ain't going to miss one. And he's going to convict them and convince them of the sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Lord, what's that mean? He's going to tell us. Of sin, verse 9, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Who judged him? Christ did. What's all this got to do with? With him. You believe not on me because I go to my father and because I've judged the prince of this world. All judgments, the sons. We'll be convinced he is all. I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I think I've learned a lot over 25, 30 years walking with the Lord. I don't know nothing. <laughs> There's so much I don't know. I can't handle it all. It takes a lifetime to grow in these things, a lifetime to grow in grace. 
You can't sit down and study yourself blue in the face with a bunch of commentaries and learn something. It takes time. God works in mighty, powerful ways. And most of the time, it's gentle and it's gradual. John Newton said that, didn't he? You saw it in that bulletin the other day? I know you did. Y'all get them all, don't you? I don't need to put them in my <laughs> He works mighty, but he works gradual. It takes a long time. And it says in verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Who's that? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. And all things that my father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Everything we need to know, we're going to know. Everything we need to be shown, we're going to be shown. I don't know why the Lord did that trial. Well, then he didn't need to show me. I'm comforted now. Go home and eat your ham sandwich. <laughs> Get your pulled pork sandwich. You'll be all right. All the things we are reproved of, we're convicted of, we're convinced of, they all concern the Lord Jesus Christ. All of them. He said back in chapter 15, he said, When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Of me. Well, do they have the Spirit down there? I don't know. Do they preach Christ? Well, I don't, they don't have a lot of activities for the kids, and I don't feel warm and fuzzy, and they don't have a band. And nobody's dancing around and flailing their arms around like some kind of inflatable piece of art. That ain't the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit preaches Christ. It reveals a person. It reveals Him, and it glorifies Him. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what He does, isn't it? It's a work of regeneration, isn't it? That Spirit comes to us and, and quickens us. Spirit quickens us. It gives us life. And I'll tell you what, when he does it, it's, it, it can be gradual too. Like a, a brother of mine said, the Lord saved me somewhere between 1996 and 2003. <laughs> I get that. But whenever the, we start getting convicted of sin and, and, and judgment, and that new new creation's in us and it sees what it's housed in, there's not to be relying on emotions, but there's some emotions. Not to be relying on experience. But buddy, I tell you what, you're going to live it. I saw a video of a man, he's on a roller coaster, and I thought it was me. And, and, and it started going, he passed out. And them arms, he's lifeless, just dead. Arms flailing around, right? And they kind of went down a dip, and he come to, that blood came back to his head. And could you, I, I thought, if I could wake up on a roller coaster, you talk about terror, I'd pass right back out. He did. Sometimes we kind of come to consciousness, and we see what sinners we are, and you about pass out. I don't want to get out of bed. And thankfully, the Lord takes that from us. He don't, he don't show us completely what we are all one go. We'd explode. We'd explode. That's what goes through. He convicts us of sin. Is that singular in your Bible? That's singular, isn't it? Oh, Brother Whitfield said there's three things that the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us of. First, sin. That's singular. That's the nature. That's what we are. People don't lie and then become liars. They lie because they are a liar already. That's what we are. We're sin. Convicts us of sins, plural, what we've done. Those acts of commission, the things that we've done. Oh, people, people wouldn't upset with me no more. The things we thought. Would you like for your parents or someone you respect or love or your children or your parents to know every thought you've had today? Would you like that? Put it up on a big old screen so the whole world could see? Oh, we're sinners, huh? 
That's our nature. He convicts us of sins of what we've done and convicts us of sins of what we did not do, what we could have been doing and didn't, and the righteousness that we cannot make of ourselves. That's all kind of meshed in together, isn't it? It's just attached, clinged on to that nature like, like putty. It kind of becomes one. Of sin. What's the sin? Because, verse 9, they believe not on me. What? Unbelief? That's it. It takes a, a work of Almighty God to convict you that you didn't believe God. All that time you was playing religion your whole life, it was an, an abomination to God. Do you know that? I can tell you that, and you won't hear a word I say unless God the Holy Spirit, unless the Comforter comes and convinces you that. I'm just a mouthpiece is all I am. I keep saying that. Because they believe not on me. You know, to love is to believe. If you love him, you believe him. That, that fellow come to the Lord, and he was so wise, a good little lawyer, wasn't he? And he said, Master, what's the great commandment? Which one's the best? If I'm going to keep this law, which one's the best one to keep? And the Lord said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's step one. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. The whole Old Testament, you can sum it up in that. Love God with everything in you always, even while you're sleeping. Believe in him and doing his work. How have I done at that? How have you done? You holding up pretty good? You quit watching the movies that you used to watch when you was a teenager? That ain't believing God and loving him with everything in you, is it? Brother Scott Richardson said this one time. I had an uncle tell me, he said, Lord, don't care if you just do a little sin. Oh, really? There's no such thing as a little sin. Brother Richardson said this, there is no little sin because there's no little God you can sin against. Oh, now we're starting to understand something about sin. Now it ain't just saying a dirty word down there whenever mommy and daddy wouldn't look at it. Now it ain't smoking a cigarette and now it ain't watching something you shouldn't be watching or doing something you shouldn't be doing. It's against a holy God because we didn't believe him. We didn't love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and being. Matthew 10, the Lord went to eat in this house and there's a bunch of publicans there, a bunch of mafiosos. You get that? And, and sinners there. People you don't want to sit next to. And they came and they sat down with him and the disciples and they said, what y'all want to eat? They started eating. And those Pharisees saw it and they said unto his disciples, they didn't go to war with him, but they started putting question marks on him, didn't they? They started sowing discord. And they said, your master eats with publicans and sinners. He's holy. And this is him. That's what he's done. Jesus heard it. And he said unto them, he hears all, doesn't he? He sees all. That, ought to terif that terrifies me. I don't know if it does you. God looks on the heart. I want to crawl underneath a rock, don't you? If you're convicted of those things. He said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I can't convince a healthy person to go to the hospital. Go take the medicine. I don't need it. I'm healthy. I'm fine. I had pneumonia a couple times in my life. Well, you didn't have to ask me to go to the hospital. One, they took me. And two, the doctor said, I'm going to admit you. And I said, good, I need to be here. This is where I need to be. I need that medicine. Put it in me. Lord said, they're, the whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. People that ain't sinners don't need a Savior. People that's already, they're doing fine, they don't need salvation. God has to come and convince us we need those things. God the Holy Spirit. 
He said, but they that are sick. He said, go learn what that meaneth. You want, a, you want a big old theological problem? Take that home and find out what it means. He said, because I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am come to call the righteous, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Wait a second, I'm a sinner. That's good news. <laughs> That's who he come to save. That's all I am is sin. I can't keep, I, I want to do good. I can't. Verse 9 says of sin because they believe not on me. On me. That's a sin. It's a blessing to be reproved of sin. Did you know that? If the Lord convicts you, you're an unbeliever. <laughs> that you didn't believe him. That you hated God, you was at war with him, and you wasn't seeking God, and you wasn't almost right at that other place. You was just dead in your sins. And he, salvation's his. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to be able to not cry out of bed in the mornings. Why? This is a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation. Take it to any continent you want, and you look a bit dead in the eye. That Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And Paul said, I'm the chief of them. And I tell you what, if the Lord makes you a sinner, that's a special thing. The Holy Ghost made him so. If you're, if you're made to see you're a sinner, you're the chief, ain't you? That Paul, Paul said that, and that was, I understand what he means, but he ain't me. I'm the chief. I'm the chief. Are you the chief? Lord said about that publican, Luke 18, he said he was standing far off. There was a separation between him and where that holy place was. I ain't even going near it. That Pharisee just walked right up in there like he owned the place, didn't he? And that publican said he wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven and not hold his hands up and, and, and have these long and orotating prayers and these jargon he's been regurgitating. That means throwing up since he's a little kid. He put his head down, he beat on his breast where the problem was. And he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God does that. He walks in them, and, and he shows us what we are, and he makes us cry out that way. What other option do you have? He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Not that Pharisee told all the things he did for God. That's what they say. That's what comes out of the mouth, isn't it? Isn't that what I started talking about? That's a language I understand. I can't. He must. I'm decreasing. He's increasing. Is that you? If he's working in you, it is, isn't it? I heard this a lot growing up. I know you've heard it a lot too, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Somebody hasn't. If a person misses, my pastor said this, if a person misses Holy Spirit conviction of sin, they're going to miss repentance. What's repentance? When it deals with us, uh, some old fella in New Jersey a long time ago said repentance is the pilgrimage from the mind of the flesh to the mind of Christ. It has a beginning, a continuance, and an end. It takes a long time. It's a lifetime. Man. If we miss conviction of sin, we miss repentance. If we miss repentance, that's towards God because of sin. Then you're going to miss faith. You miss faith. You don't turn to him. You're going to miss Christ. You miss Christ. You've missed eternal life. This is necessary. It's a good thing to have. Believe. If we love him, we believe him. If we love him, it's because he first loved us. Wouldn't it? My father loved me. And I was his child. And because he loved me so much, he believed me. He built, this man was a master builder. He built multiple schools and hospitals and bridges and a thousand houses. I mean, he built all kinds of stuff, knew everything about it. And I was about four years old. And he said, don't you touch that lawnmower. And I wanted to cut grass so bad. I, could I wanted to work since the day I could walk. I want to be like daddy. I want to be like my brothers. I want to go out and do something. I want to cut that grass. He said, don't you touch that lawnmower. It'll hurt you. You'll burn yourself. 
And I, I just, I had to find out what a carburetor did. And I had to go touch it. And he went inside, I went and touched it. And boy, a big old blister come up on my thumb. Right there on the palm of my hand. And I went inside screaming. And they put car grease on it and salved it up somehow. And he said, you touched that lawnmower? And I started lying. Did that make me a liar? No, I was born a liar. And I said, I didn't touch that lawnmower. And what did you touch? I said, it was that pipe out there in the garage. And this master builder went out there and I pointed a white PVC pipe. I don't know if any of y'all know anything about pipes. You don't run hot water through white PVC pipes like that. You don't come off the water heater that way. And he went, what? He knew better than that. Why'd he do it? He believed me. Why would he believe a four-year-old? Because he loved me. Now, that's, that's polluted. That's a horrible illustration, isn't it? You love the Lord? My love's polluted. If you do, you believe him, don't you? You believe him. This is the very work of God, and it's the very beginning of this work to be consent, convinced for sinners that we did not believe Christ and that he came to seek and to save the lost because we was lost. Was you lost or was you on a pretty good path? I know, I know what I hear. <laughs> I wish he'd give, you, give us hearts, huh? He came to seek and to save the lost, to have salvation. That must be us. We must be that lost, sin-filled sinner, or you don't need a Savior. But the Lord does not just send a comforter only to discomfort. That's not its name, is it? He calls him the comforter. He doesn't just make us feel horrible all the time. He convicts us of righteousness. Verse 9, of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. That means he goes there and he didn't get kicked back with some corrections. You ever tried to do some sin in some paperwork? And they kick it back and say, oh, you didn't fill that out right. Do it again. And you put it in. You're like, all right, I'm done. It's finished. And they say, no, it ain't finished. No, you, you had, I need a photo ID. We experience that in just daily life, don't we? He said, I'm going to my father. And I ain't coming back in your lifetime because you're going to know this was accepted. You're going to believe me. You didn't before. You do now of righteousness. If you and I are ever convinced of sin, you're going to find out real quick right then you need a mediator. You need a high priest. You need a substitute. And that's not checking a, lot, checking a block on a needs list. That's not some prayer request that we're going to fill out in triplicate and then submit to God. No, I need substitution. I need a go-between right now. I need an advocate with the Father. And that's an all-consuming thirst and hunger for a Savior. I'm not righteous. i got to have somebody. Who's it going to be? Is my older brother? He's stronger than I am. He's smarter than I am. No, it can't be that. That ain't going to do it. He's just like me. He's a son of Adam. David asked this. He said, who shall ascend? The Lord said, I'm going to go to my father. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? What man born of woman can do that? David went on. And he said, he that hath clean hands, I wash my hands in muddy water. Old Stonewall Jackson said. I washed my hands and it didn't come clean. He that has a pure heart, my heart deceives me and I still know how wicked it is. Who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. You ever done anything vain? Nor sworn deceitfully. He, one that has all those, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. There in John 3, Lord told him, he said, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, the Son of Man which was in heaven. 
He's the only one that could ascend. He's the only one that come down. We all were created here. We come on the scene here. He he always has been. And he des- descended so he could ascend. That's him. Why? Because he's righteous. He's holy. Holy. That's a miracle, isn't it? Paul told Timothy, he said, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. That's the world. That's us old Gentiles. And Pharisees get mad. You say something like that. He was believed on in the world. Them Gentiles believed him, and he was received in the glory. He went to his father and didn't come back. He's coming again. But that, that payment, that, that life that he lived for us was accepted. He is righteous. We believe he is righteous and righteousness. He's holy. He is God in human flesh. And I'll tell you what, he's able. Because he's the Holy One of Israel, he's able. He's able. Hebrew writer said this, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He is what? You bet. Whatever whatever Lord requires, that's it. What does he demand? What he provided? And it's in a person, my Lord. What do you bring what do you bring to God? Him and what he provided, him and him alone. I believe that he is. He's righteousness. I'm convinced of it. I'm nothing, he's all. I know it. And he said in Hebrews 7, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's good news too. Who's making intercessions for us? The righteous one. The holy God. Isn't it? That's, uh, I can say that all day long. God, the Holy Ghost, has to come into somebody's heart and work in them and, and convince them of that. I pray he does. I can scream it. I can whisper it. It don't make a difference. I'm going to have to say it, so I'm going to do that. As long as the Lord will let me. How can he go? <laughs> How can the Lord ascend? Work's finished, isn't it? What did Christ come to do? What was that finished work that he, he completed about the will of his father that he did go to his father? He said, I must be about my father's business. He came to lay down his life for the sheep, to live a righteous life for us. That's, a, that's the acts of a holy nature, to be our holy nature and to be made sin for us that we might be made to the righteousness of God in him. Come to save a people. He come to glorify the father. He come to satisfy eternal judgment for a people. That's something, isn't it? It says there in verse 8, When he has come, he will approve the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. That's right. Of righteousness because I go to the Father, my Father, and you see me no more. Lord, that's right. Only you can. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Of judgment. He said it's finished, I believe it. Judgment settled, isn't it? And he said, but because the prince of this world is judged. Satan came to Adam. And whooped him. He conquered him, didn't it? Satan came to the Lord and tempted him and tried him and put him on a cross and the Lord crushed his head. He thought he had him. He thought he had him. Nope. He's the victor, isn't it? What is this? You know, this. This what, what happened way back in the garden? Eve was deceived. I hear women around the world get awful mad about that. All them poor little women. Well, there's deceived. That's trick. What Adam do? Willingly ate that fruit. We willingly sinned against God. You get that? That's our seminal head. That, that's, that's, the, that's the form I was made out of. That's who I sinned in. And, and with that nature, I acted on it all by myself. 
I'm convinced of it. That's what happened back then. My sin from Adam to eternity. My accuser, my shame, my guilt, all of it's been settled. Judgment's been put away. What, what started in the garden, it ended on that cross for his people. Every jot and every tittle. It's done. Isn't it? Adam experienced all three of these things just in a different order. Did you know that? I've incorporated staples in my notes. Hold on. <laughs> I color on my notes and draw sometimes. Kimmy said, what in the world did you write down? I, I got staples. Thanks. Give me some. There in Genesis 3, <clears throat> Adam was convinced of sin. Nothing's changed from Adam to right now. Nothing's going to change until that last sinner is, is, is called home to glory, is it? Until Christ is revealed in him. In Genesis 3, it says, A woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, and she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. He ate of it. And the eyes of them both were opened. Nothing happened when Eve ate it. Why? She wouldn't head. When Adam ate it, both of their eyes were open, and they knew they were naked. They knew they were naked. If the Lord, if mankind naturally, and, and they, we start realizing something about sin, like, uh-oh, I did something wrong. I got to cover it, right? I got to start going to church. I don't know about you all. That's what we told children all throughout Kentucky. You do something bad, you're going to church Sunday. We're going to start taking you to church. Got to do something, right? Got to do something. And, and, and when we start getting entertainments of sin, that, then we know we're naked and that ain't good. So what did Adam initially was convinced of righteousness, knew of need of it, wasn't it? So what did he do? He covered himself. He sewed some fig leaves together. Sewed some fig leaves together. And he made themselves aprons. Have you ever done that? Was you ever sewing fig leaves together? Trying to make God happy because you thought you could? Because you didn't know what sin was? You didn't know what a holy God was? Well, I'll go to church. I'll clean up my life. I'll start handing out Bibles. I'll start handing out tracts down at the county fair. That's what I'll do. I'll tell people to read their Bible. Go home and read your Bible. That'll be a good thing I'll do. That's what Adam did. Nothing's changed. It's just fig leaves. It's going to wither away. Turn back to this. It's going to compost. That's all it's going to do. But God. Is that where you were? And then God came in, and he said unto Adam and his wife also, and the Lord made coats of skin and clothed them. Trying to make something, go on covering yourself, and then all of a sudden you saw a lamb that was slain. Who did that? God did. Who provided the lamb? God provided the lamb. Did Adam say, Lord, you know, It'd be real nice if you give me a, an outfit. No, he just went and clothed him. <laughs> and he started learning about that outfit as he wore it, didn't he? <laughs> and complete covering. He knew he was naked. The Lord showed him that, didn't he? Gave him an understanding of it. He knew he tried to cover himself, and that wasn't going to do. And he knew God provided the lamb. God provided the righteousness. God provided the atonement and the covering, didn't he? And then he was also convinced of judgment. This is where it's real important for us. The Lord God said to the serpent. It was back a few verses before that, though. It's out of order. He said to the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go. And thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Wait a second. Well, we, they, we used to have some enmity, didn't we? Isn't that what the word says? But who was it to between us and God? And then the Lord stepped in. Didn't he? Provided his son as the offering. Provided himself as the lamb. 
And now he said there's enmity between the woman, between my church, my people, and you, serpent. We see that? That's judgment. It's settled. He declared the settlement of judgment then. And he said, I'll put enmity between thee and thy woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. We learn later on in the New Testament, don't we? What's that seed singular? That's Christ, isn't it? Where did he do all, where did all this take place? Calvary's cross, wasn't it? His heel was bruised. He crushed the serpent's head. Judgment. That's concerning Satan, isn't it? The prince of this world. That judgment also concerns us. He used to have dominion over us. Sin used to have dominion over us. But there's therefore now no condemnation. When, when the Lord comes to us and we're convicted of sin and of righteousness, of judgment, right then, you're, you're fit for heaven. <laughs> Ain't nothing added to, nothing take away. Right then, there's a holy creation inside of you. He did it. You're his workmanship, and you're right for heaven, as people say. Right then. It doesn't take 30, 40 years. What if you got hit by a truck? Well, the Lord's plans would be out the window, wouldn't it? That's not a holy, sovereign God. We're babes. That's all we'll ever be. And we might be 12 months old looking down on 11 months old. Making more big shots. But mm. The Lord took not the nature of angels, but he took on the seed of Abraham to crush Satan's head, to... to, to deal with all judgment we earn, and someday this world's going to be judged by him. All judgment's given to the Son, isn't it? Those that always hated him, those that never were convinced of sin, those that never convinced he's righteous, they thought they were righteous in themselves. Someday they're going to be judged. It's appointed a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. I want to tell him beforehand, do you? If you know him, if the Lord spoke to you, don't you want, to, you want somebody to tell you before you meet him in glory? I want to tell people. He came to see the Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, oh, that we might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. I just feel like sin's ripping me apart. Take it to the Lord. I feel like the devil's after me. <laughs> you ain't got a clue. Take it to the Lord. He can succor. That's an old old English term still used where I grew up. That's, that goes beyond comfort. That's, that's not like I give him some good words and pat him on the back. That reaches the heart. He's able to do that. Knowing this, knowing we are sin, singular, in nature, and in instinct. Sins of omission, sins of commission, inside, outside, that's all we are. Knowing he is all righteousness. He's the only one holy, perfect, accepted. He's accepted, and no one we're accepted in him. Knowing the work he came to do is accomplished, we have true comfort. Judgment satisfied. There's no condemnation. He said he would send the comforter. Does that comfort you? You ready to take a world on? <laughs> well, something bad's going to happen. I don't care. <laughs> He's on his throne. Hits right, hits good. He's been, he hasn't dealt with us according to our sins. He's just a little chastening. A little chastening. That's all it is. I've always and evermore been guilty all by myself. He's altogether lovely. He's altogether right and holy. And I believe him when he said it's finished. I believe him. Do you believe him? 
I can stand firmly that there's no condemnation because he said so and the Spirit's convinced me of it. There's no work left to do. Nothing left to do. There ain't nothing that gets me more motivated to do something than that. <laughs> Somebody told me Sunday, they said, you, you give us less morality, you just told us what God did. I know, and boy, that makes me want to be moral. <laughs> That's the motivation, isn't it? Oh, I want to live upright, not bring condemnation to the gospel. No, bring no reproach on the gospel. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, he says in Romans 8, 2. The law, that's what rules us now. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me, plumb convinced of it, free from the law of sin and death. Lord tells us in Matthew 10, you can read that when you get home, Matthew 10, 28 through 33. He said, don't you be afraid of those that kill the body, not able to kill the soul. He said, you fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's who we fear, that's who we honor, isn't it? I pray I could walk, be a person that walks through this earth in my day-to-day -day life in trials and good times and bad times as one that believes he's on his throne, he's able. I pray you do too. Amen. Let's go to him. Father, as you see fit, as it pleases you, send your spirit today, Lord. Those of us you've already dealt with, Lord, reprove me of sin today that I haven't believed you. Reprove me of righteousness today that Christ is all and holy and right and accepted and on his throne right now interceding for us. Reprove me of judgment Lord, don't, don't let me fear this world. Allow me to know that the salvation's finished. And just make me declare it. Not add anything to it, not take anything away from it, Lord. Just declare your work. Forgive us for what we are. Lord, thank you for your mercies. Be with those that are sick, that we love. and <laughs> The ones you love are sick, Lord. We'll leave it there. Thank you for this day. Because of Christ, who he is and what he did, we come to your throne. Amen.